Life Audio. Hey, friend, Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compared to Show today. Today is Ask Me Anything. And I have a couple questions from our Facebook group. So the Facebook group is called Body Image Help for Christian Women. If you're not in it, go join it today. We've got some good conversations going on over there. would love to see that group get even more active. If you're not on Facebook, hey, no pressure. <laughs> but if you're there already, hey, this could be a healthy place for you to be if you're hanging out there. But I've got a couple questions from that group group. One is about body dysmorphic disorder. One is about how do I respond when people are making comments about their body or size. And then another one is, is what good could possibly come out of gaining weight? Oh boy, such good stuff. I can't wait to dig right into it today. Hey, today I want to give you the first official heads up. I've got a brand new book on body image. It's the 40-day body image workbook, Help for Christian Women Who Have Tried everything. And it is available right now for pre-order. Look for the 40-day body image workbook. I'm going to have a page on my site very soon where you can find out more information. I'm also going to be doing some bonus kind of things. So if you pre-order, just save your pre-order information so I can get you the bonuses because there's going to be some bonus content available for those who pre-order. But you can go grab your copy of that book today. It says 40 days, but realistically, like some of the content's a little heavier than others. So you might breeze through two or three days at a time in one sitting if you're like me. And then there might be a day where you're like, okay, I need to sit and think about this for a while. But each chapter has just, I think, really rich content. It's, it's a concept for you to think through, some scripture to apply and, and then some exercises. And these aren't like burpees and push-ups. These are like, hey, ask your heart these questions. Like, what do you think about when you think about this? And journaling exercises too. So this is a book that's really going to make you go deep. And I hope help you find some body image freedom. So go check that out now. 40-Day Body Image Workbook on Amazon or wherever you get your Christian books. Now let's get to today's show. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Okay, friends, let's get right to it today. I've got great questions and I hope I can answer them quickly and thoroughly enough. But if you've got a question, go to the Facebook group, Body Image for Christian Women, and go ahead and post it there. I'm hopeful to get a call up there for more questions so I can do another one of these episodes, maybe even before the end of this year. But go ahead and throw your question there. Sometimes it takes me a couple months, but I will answer it for you. If it's too private, too personal, you don't want your name on it, you don't want people to see you asking these questions, go ahead and just drop me an email, heather at compared to who.me, and I'm happy to try to work it into the next Ask Me Anything show. So the first question we're tackling today is from the Facebook group. It came just a couple days ago. And the question goes like this. Will I always desire to be thinner 
Or will I get to a place where I don't care if I'm thin or not and just love being me? Oh, oh, I think this is such a great question because I think a lot of you have it, right? It feels like in a way that maybe that is the goal of body image work, right? To not care if you're thinner or not, to get to a place where you don't care about your body size, to like achieve that ever elusive status of I'm okay with my body, no matter what it looks like. But I don't think that's the right objective. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think we want peace. We want to make peace with our bodies. We want to call a truce, right? It's no longer me versus my body. We're on the same team. But I don't think apathy or this like, yeah, I just don't care what I look like. I feel like that is more aligned with rebellion than actual freedom. And so really what I would say is is to not care is on one side and to love my body, whatever it looks like (laughs) is on the other side. And I don't really think we want to land at either. I'm going to call it extreme. I think the real goal is the freedom of knowing that my heart plays tricks on me, right? Scripture tells us our hearts are deceitful. That's why we should never follow our hearts, right? Our hearts are Fickle, oh my lands, my friends, my feelings about my body can go from, hey, I'm great, to, oh my word, I can't go out looking like this, like all in the course of one day. And I think, feel like that's where the scale adds even an extra layer. If you're still weighing yourself, my goodness, you can wake up feeling good. I mean, I know I've done it. I bet you have too. You wake up feeling good and you get on that scale thinking it's going to affirm how good you feel. And then you get on and the number is not what you wanted it to be. And let me tell you, no matter how good you felt before, you do not feel good anymore. (laughs) So our hearts, our feelings are fickle. So my goal is not to arrive somewhere with my feelings. It's not to um, get to a place where I no longer feel either extreme right? My goal is to recognize that my truth, and oh, that's such a yicky term in our our culture today, right? Because it like my truth, that means something. It means that it's not God's truth. But so many times my struggle with body image is that I'm believing my truth about my body and my worth instead of believing God's truth. Or worse, I'm elevating my truth above God's truth. I have a whole module in my online course, The Body Image Freedom Framework, where we walk through this. Like, what is your truth? Why are you believing your truth over God's truth? Why is it so hard to believe God's truth over my truth? So we talk all about this in my, in my Body Image Freedom Framework online course and in coaching. But for this question, right, friend, the goal is not, when will I stop looking in the mirror and being upset? The goal is, when will I truly understand and believe that I am in a battle, wrestling false beliefs about what makes me valuable or what would satisfy me? Like these are lies and they're lies 
of a body image idol that's making promises to us, telling us that we will feel better if and when, or that we can arrive at a place where we'll look in the mirror and always smile at ourselves if and when. And it's just not the right goal. My right goal in this, I believe, is what Tim Keller called the freedom of self-forgetfulness. What would it look like to be so focused on Jesus and so focused on Jesus? What can you do with my life? How can you use me and the body you gave me to serve you in for your good and glory? God, use me, get my eyes off my thighs and put them on you, put them on loving you more, put them on loving my neighbor more. When will you get to that place? Oh, friend, that's a journey. And it's not a journey through a weight loss program or a fitness program or a New Year's resolution kind of like willpower and resolve to get your life together. And what you really mean by that is, change the size of your body through the way you eat or exercise. No, friend, this is a spiritual journey. And, and I hope you'll take it because there's nothing like it. And that kind of freedom, oh, that lasts. I'll be right back to answer more questions after this quick break. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. So the second question I want to tackle today was about body dysmorphic disorder. And the woman asking the question talked about how she maybe has more of a body that would fit a cultural standard of size or beauty, but how she still wrestles with how her body looks and doesn't want to wear a swimsuit in public, those sorts of things. And so the question's really about body dysmorphic disorder what do I do? And I think she's really asking, is this what body dysmorphic disorder is? So let me dig into that just a little bit. I did an episode called What to Do If You Hate Your Stomach, and I'll link it in the show notes. And in that episode, I do kind of a full rundown on what BDD or body dysmorphic disorder actually is. It is in the diagnostics manual for mental health issues. Okay. So it's a thing that someone needs to diagnose for you. And I am not qualified to do that. But generally, just kind of as a, a rule of thumb, body dysmorphic disorder is about obsessing over a lot of times it's a specific body part, right? But it could be like, you know, your whole body, but a lot of times it's obsessing over a specific body part, like your stomach is a popular one, or your upper arms, or your chin, or your thighs, right? So you're obsessing over a part, and then you are really 
disturbed, the disorder part of it means it's affecting your daily life. So you are disrupted in your ability to engage in daily life, daily work, because of how frustrated or upset you are over this body part. So that is kind of the litmus test that takes it over to the disorder um, qualification. That said, (laughs) what does it mean if you obsess over a part? Maybe it doesn't qualify for that. Well, probably just means you have body image issues, right? I do think it's fairly normal for people of all sizes to not like the way they look in a swimsuit. Um, it's hard for people with larger bodies to believe that a person with a smaller body wouldn't feel comfortable in a swimsuit, but it's a very real thing. Body image issues are not like looking at the scale and deciding who to affect based on how much you weigh, okay? Body image issues are equal opportunity offenders. And and that's because most of, most of our body image struggles are spiritual struggles, right? They're about what we believe about our value and worth, what we believe about our bodies, the role that our bodies play in our value and worth, what we've heard from family members, friends, our culture over decades that have really twisted and molded our thoughts and beliefs around our bodies and how they should look. Oh, it's so complex what goes into it. And to think that someone who has a smaller body wouldn't struggle just because they have a smaller body <laughs> is, is so oversimplified and, and really just not even true, right? We, we just don't have the right to think that. In fact, models are among the women who struggle the most with body image issues. Why? I think in part because that is where their value and worth is coming from is how their body looks, right? That's like literally how their salary is paid is by looking good enough, right? So that adds a wrinkle, a a level of pressure that most of us don't have to deal with. But aside from that, when all of your focus is on your body and how it looks, that's what becomes the most important thing And wow, that's when body image issues spiral out of control. And so that's why, like I said, the answer to the last question, that's why the freedom of self-forgetfulness is is really the cure for body dysmorphic disorder too. I didn't plan on these two questions being answered with the same answer, but I think we're going there, right? If you're obsessing over a part of your body... Now, let me be straight here. If, if it's an obsession and you just cannot stop it, go get help, please. There is no shame in getting help. Let a qualified Christian counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist help you work through this. It is worth it. But if your deal is more just like, yeah, I really hate the way this looks and I just think about it a lot, right? There is, there is so much hope for you. There are things that I do in my coaching program with women where we work on just simple strategies to help kind of divert your attention so you're not body checking as much. Maybe by body checking, I mean always feeling that part that you're thinking about. Um, There is work we can do in your heart from the spiritual aspect of these issues. So if this is where you're stuck, Okay, the litmus test isn't whether or not you will wear a swimsuit in front of other people. <laughs> like, okay, so let's let's take that off the table, right? Most of us don't feel great about that. But if you are stuck and feel so much shame around your body and and really are struggling with thinking about how to change your body or what your body looks like all the time, 
please, please, please don't stay there. Get help. I've got a course. I've got a coaching program. I've got a whole list of qualified professionals for you to talk to. Don't stay in that stuck place. Okay, next question. How should I respond when other people, and that's any people, she says, just strangers or parents or friends or anyone, make comments about dieting, their size or looks, their body or other people's bodies? For example, oh, I'm getting so out of shape. I've got to get back to my fitness plan tomorrow. Or, oh, I really need to lose some weight. I'm so fat. Or did you hear such and such is getting gastric bypass? Or if such and such would lose some weight, they would feel better and be happier, like these kind of comments. And she says, I always feel like I am hearing them or being subjected to these kinds of comments and conversations, which we all are. (laughs) But she said, I never quite know how to respond. Sometimes I just change the subject. Sometimes I stay quiet. Sometimes I try to offer up my newfound wisdom. (laughs) She put that in quotes. And sometimes I admit I'll just join right in on the conversation. However, I respond on the outside in my head. I'm always like, oh, here we go again. I don't know what to say. Oh, this is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked it because it is hard. Oh, we hear this all the time. The diet talk, the diet speak, the diet culture talk, the fat talk, right? So it's a actually a psychologically studied phenomenon that under age 50, women will engage in something called fat talk where they're always talking about how fat they are, or, you know, how they wish they weren't fat. Um, and women over 50 are more apt to talk about something well to do something called old talk where they're always talking about being old or feeling they have too many wrinkles or too many other signs of aging right so this this is a thing in our culture and so what do you do oh i love that you asked this because i do think we have to start changing the conversation right someone's got to it's everywhere and i think as christians we are the perfect people to start the change right and Now, do you always have to engage? No, no, you don't always have to engage. I mean, sometimes there's some people where you're just like, you know, it's, it's not going to be effective. Right. And, and I certainly don't advocate starting arguments. Um, I don't ever think that's effective either in, in this arena, but you can say some, I'm going to say clever, classy, truth filled and loving things that I think may challenge the conversation just enough that perhaps you'll make the person commenting think. So for example, I'm getting so out of shape. I'm going back to my fitness plan tomorrow. Like I've got it. I've got to be better, right? How could you respond to that? I would say something like, you know, I love exercise. It's so good for me. It makes me feel good. But I found that the plans that I go on and off of, I never stick to. I think it's more effective just to find things that I enjoy doing, and then I'll do them no matter what. When I make it a plan or a program, it's just always so hard to stick with. And what's best for my health, I found, is to just do the kinds of movements I enjoy. What would you think about doing that? Or how about this one? I really need to lose some weight. I'm so fat. Oh, friend, I've thought that about my body too. Oh, goodness. I think we're all plagued with that thought. But you know what I'm learning? I'm learning to find my true value in Jesus. And even though I have those thoughts from time to time that tell me I'm fat or too fat or getting too fat, I know how to answer them back now by saying things like, you know what? (laughs) My weight is just the measure of my gravitational pull on earth. God looks at my heart. 
and I just really want to please him. What would it be like to throw some of those out there? You know, and even if you're talking to a friend that's not a believer, like I really think this is a beautiful opportunity to share the freedom we have in Christ, right? Instead of engaging in the who's the ugliest ogre contest when someone's like, I'm fat, no, I'm fatter, oh, I'm the fattest, right? That doesn't, nothing good comes out of that conversation. So instead of going there, what would it look like to be like, you know what? I struggle too, right? Don't make them feel bad for struggling. I struggle too. Oh, but being a believer in Jesus, following Jesus has really shown me that my life is so much more than my body or my clothes or my size or my appearance. He loves me beyond what I measure. And my real freedom is never going to come from getting the body I want, but it's going to come from learning how to love and serve him well. And I would love to tell you more about him if you're interested. What would it be like to throw that out? I mean, the holidays are coming. You're going to be talking to family members. They're probably going to have opinions on your size, shape, what you're eating. What would it be like to respond like that? I hope you'll think about it. So I think some ground rules as you're commenting when you hear these other comments. Ground rules would just be, is your comment going to love them well? Right? If fighting over like the BMI chart. I mean, the BMI chart is ridiculous. I did a whole episode on what is health anyway, right? The BMI chart really is not about health, okay? But having a fight over that, especially to someone who's never read the data you've read or heard about, like, it's just not going to be effective. They're going to look at you like you are a one-eyed monster, like who has no idea about anything, right? Like to argue about like food rules and some of these kind of things, like you're arguing with people who are probably like you or at least like me, right? I mean, when I kept my food rules, like I was pretty sure my rules were the right rules and I knew better than everyone else. And there was a lot of pride I had going on. But ooh, I was I was serious about that pride. (laughs) And so if you had tried to engage me in a conversation about how like maybe like, you know, bread isn't that bad for you or something like that. Like I would have fought you tooth and nail that wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So I think you take the focus off of the thing, whether it's body size or food or weight or fitness, and you deflect it back up or really reflect it back up to Jesus. What am I really here for? And that's how you encourage someone else, right? You remind them what they're really here for. You're not here to just be a nice looking body. You're not here to just get thin, right? Like what kind of ridiculous graduation um, program would read like, you know, Amy's goal someday is to lose 20 pounds and Jen's goal someday is to have flat abs. Like, no, no, no. Like that, that's ridiculous, right? Because graduation, we're focused on our purpose and what are we going to do with our lives? Well, we need to refocus people on their purpose and what are they going to do with their lives for the Lord at other times beyond just graduation. Like we constantly need reminders of that. So whatever you can do to not engage in the nitty gritty, but help them turn their eyes up, see their lives as important in the eternal scope of things, not just in the temporal scope of things and help them remember that there's so much more than a body. I think that can be really beautiful. Okay. Last question. This is the tough one. I say for last, what good could possibly come out of gaining weight, no matter how hard you try? And what if it feels like God isn't hearing your prayers or answering in the moment? Okay. Let me start with the last one first, right? Because I think we all go through seasons when we feel like God isn't hearing our prayers or God's not answering. 
But I will tell you that body image idolatry does separate us from the Lord. Now, I know you're thinking nothing can separate us from God. I'm not saying it separates you from his love, right? I'm not saying it excludes you from being able to go to heaven if you've already committed your life to Jesus. But it does cause a riff, right? We're, we're not able to hear him as clearly if our hearts are divided. It's kind of like what we talked about last time. We can't serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and a body image idol. So if your main goal in life, uh, secretly in your heart, is to have a better body, to get thinner, to be the right size, the right weight, the ideal size, the ideal weight, optimal health, whatever it is, if that's your real goal and Jesus is just kind of your side gig, it's going to be hard to hear from him, right? He doesn't want to be your side gig. He doesn't want to be your mistress. <laughs> he wants, wants to be your husband. So that's the first place to start. Is there idolatry in the way? And then the first question, what good could possibly come out of gaining weight? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what God has planned for your life, but I have to imagine people who have been seriously injured in accidents can no longer walk or maybe they've had a stroke and no longer have full function over like both sides of their body or maybe they have been in a fire, right? People who have suffered devastating harm to their bodies, they've got to ask the same questions, right? Like what possible good could come out of this? And yet, when you see someone in that scenario, I think your response would be like, you know, oh, goodness, that's so hard. But your life is still valuable. Like, you can still do things for God. You can still serve him. Like, you're still important. Like, I still value, especially if it was a family member, right? Like, a, a close friend. Like, oh, please don't despair. Like, I still love you. I'm still here for you. I still want to be with you. I still want to spend time with you. I don't care that you don't look like you used to look. You're my friend. You're my mom. You're my dad. You're my husband. You're my sister. I love you. Right? And and weight gain is nowhere close to the same as, as a debilitating accident. Right? I mean, it's only this twisted culture we live in that makes us feel like it is. Like gaining weight is the same as being disfigured in some sort of horrible accident. Uh, but it's not. In fact, you might not have any control over it at all. What if gaining weight is your body's way of saying, I don't feel safe. I'm afraid you're going to starve me again with one of your fancy diets. I'm going to hold on to this weight because I want to make sure you stay alive. See, the funny thing is we are trained that our bodies are not on our sides. We are trained that our bodies are like the enemy and we have to discipline and rule them and, you know, whip them into shape and make them be what we want them to be. But nothing could be further from the truth. Our bodies have one goal and that is to protect us and keep us alive. You are not alive unless your body's alive. <laughs> okay. So you and your body need to be on the same team. And if your body thinks team you needs to be a little heavier in order for it to feel safe, to protect you, to be ready for what it doesn't know is ahead. Maybe it's a stressful season. Your body's like, ooh, don't know what's coming. We got to we gotta pack on some pounds because this is stressful. We don't like that our bodies respond that way. And we would wish that they would respond differently. 
but we can know for sure that our bodies are always doing one of two things. Either they're fighting something, right? Either there's something wrong and a weight change is indicative of that, or they're trying to protect us and keep us safe. And either way, fighting that does not make sense. If your body's stressed out, don't stress it out more by over-exercising and under-eating. And if your body's not well, go seek help. So what possible good could come out of you gaining weight? I don't know. There could be some physical reason for it that could be really healthy for you, especially if you were underweight. But even if you were a quote-unquote normal weight going in, oh, maybe your body's trying to protect you from something. Maybe your body is sensing something that's going on that maybe you're not even really aware of that's going on. And it's, it's gone into protection mode for that. But what if, what possible good could come out of gaining weight? What if the answer is humility? What if the situation here, and I don't know the full situation here, I just have the question, right? So there's, there's no like judgment here at all, because I really don't know the scenario of the person asking. But what if the weight gain comes as an opportunity for humility? If our pride has been in our body shape or size, oh goodness, it's kind of a gift to gain weight then, right? It's like the person whose pride is in their bank account. When they lose all their money, that's not punishment. <laughs> that's a gift because then they get the opportunity to turn to God and say, oh, now I'm really desperate for you, Lord, because I've got nothing else nothing else as my security or my safety or my joy. It has to be you. And if we've been looking to our body size as our security, our body shape as our safety, meeting a certain cultural standard of beauty as our joy, and we lose that, maybe that's a gift. Maybe that's God loving us so much that he's saying, Hey, I want you. I want your heart. I want you turn back to me. Stop focusing all your energy and effort and thoughts and money and time on your body and come back to me. That's where you're going to find real salvation and real rest. And if gaining some weight causes that, I don't know. I think that's a good thing. It may not feel like a good thing, <laughs> uh, but if we turn our eyes towards him if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not how we want to be right with others by weighing a certain amount, not how we want to be right with ourselves by looking a certain way, but his righteousness, then all these things will be added to us. God is always going to be true to that promise. The body size we have, gaining weight, losing weight, none of those things make us more right with him. Where's your heart at? That's where your treasure is also, like we talked about on Tuesday. Oh, friend, I hope that's helped you. Hey, if you've got questions, again, you can shoot them to me through the Facebook group, Body Image Help for Christian Women. Go join that group today if you're on Facebook, or you can shoot them to me at heather at comparedto.me, and I'll try to get you into the next Ask Me Anything episode. Well, I'm glad you were here today. Hey, if this touched you, blessed you, share with a friend, or hey, leave a review. Those really make a difference in terms of who Apple or Spotify will show the show to. So I know there's so many Christian women who need freedom in this area. They're believing diet culture with a little Bible mixed in. Ugh, please. I hope you'll help spread the word by leaving a review. Okay. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope more than anything, something's helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye.
The Compared to Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.